So what happens when you combine my insane curiosity with some of the world's most interesting people? You end up with incredible conversations full of stories, insights, and the defining moment that made them who they are today. This is The David Spizak Show. Have you ever noticed when you turn on the television to watch the news or you open up your phone, your laptop, and you check out the news there, that it doesn't take much effort, frankly, any effort to find the stories that are negative, that are downtrodden, that are serious. And yet it takes seemingly a lot more effort to dig through sometimes tons of different content or stories relative to the news that would allow you to ultimately get to something that you would consider a happy story, a feel-good story. I bring that up because it's a little bit analogous or reflective of life in general. You know, UCLA years ago did a study, I believe it was decades ago actually, did a study where they wanted to understand how many times did a kid hear the word no when they were little. And so God knows what their methodology was, but they set out to figure this out. By the end of the study, they learned that by the time that we turn five, on our fifth birthday, think about this, our fifth birthday, depending on the household, we have heard the word no somewhere between 500,000 and 750,000 times. I just want you to ponder that. Let it sit in for a minute. So how many times do you think as a child, that you probably heard the word yes. Well, not surprisingly, a handful. And nowhere close to the number of times that we heard no. No, don't do that. No, you can't do that. No, don't touch that. No, get down from there. No, 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 no. You know, I was in a board meeting yesterday, some really spectacular human beings. I felt very fortunate to be part of it. And it just so happened there was about 10 people there. One of them happened to be standing up in the back of the room, and nine of them were sitting at the table that was surrounding me as I was doing a presentation. And I asked them, I said, you know, I cited this particular study, shared it with them, because it was relevant to a discussion point we had at the time, and how prone we are to to notice the bad. Uh, It's easy to notice the bad, how prone we are to fall into negativity. I mean, think about something for a second. If you right now are in a position to where you have a job and you work for somebody, or, or if you're not, and you think back to when you did work for somebody, if your boss was to come up to you anytime during the day and say, hey, before you leave today, come and see me. Well, chances are really high that you probably did not have the immediate thought that, hey, I wonder if I won something. I'll bet you he's going to give me a bonus. I'll bet you she's giving me a promotion. No, it was far more likely that the first thought that shot into your brain is, oh my God, what did I do? I must be in trouble. I wonder if I'm getting fired, laid off, terminated. Why is that? Well, it's the very reason I brought up this study, because it turns out that we were programmed for it. We literally were programmed. And so, It doesn't take any effort at all to fall into negativity. And I mentioned these 10 people in the room. I asked them, I said, listen, if you took all the money that you have and 
we're like in a poker tournament. And I say, we're all going all in. <clears throat> I need you to go all in. You put all the money on the table. Here's the question. There's nine of you sitting around this table. And let's just say the nine of you are so infectiously, ridiculously happy. I mean, you are the ultimate Disney people. You believe in happy endings. You're always positive, And you're on a generous, generous dose of Prozac. You're so freaking happy. <clears throat> and that guy in the back of the room is Mr. Toxic. He's negative. He heard the word no probably a million times from his parents. Here's my question. With all your money sitting on the table, all in, would you wager that the nine of you disturbingly happy, positive people are going to flip him to being positive? Or are you going to bet that that one human is going to have the ability to turn you negative? Every single one of these 10 people said that one will turn the nine negative. I bring that up to you because the main thing I wanted to talk to you about today is happiness. And happiness, you know, is sometimes feels like it's rarefied air. It feels like it's fleeting, feels like it's difficult uh, to get our hands onto. And, you know, the first thing I should share with you is, you know, none of us should be in the pursuit, simply in the pursuit of happiness. We should have the objective of living in it, right? I always say it's much easier to climb Mount Everest than it is to live up there. And that's true. But in this case, we should all endeavor, we should all be passionately committed to finding happiness. Because like love and like fulfillment, you know, those are three huge goals or objectives of pretty much every human on earth. And if you think about it, those three things, fulfillment, love, and happiness, have the ability to transcend over our whole lives, whether it's business or personal. Those three things will have implications on our life, on our beliefs, on our convictions, on how likelihood you're going to go out and try to launch that new business, on how, what's the likelihood that you reasonably will be successful in that business because of how hard you're willing to work in that business. Happiness, you know, is one of those things that shouldn't be elusive. Uh, it should be standard issue. It should be foundational element for all of us. But it's just not that, it's just not that easy. Number one, because we do have this tendency to think negative. Number two, because we're inundated by negative. Like I said, chances are really high that if you pick this thing up during the course of the day, and you know the average human's picking this up way more than 100 times a day. Well, if 90 of those times you're seeing something negative, whether it's an email, whether it's a text, whether it's in social media, whether it's reality TV that you're streaming, all of those things are going to have negative implications on your pursuit and achievement of happiness. So I read an article not long ago, mid-August. It was in Fortune magazine. The author was Christine Gill, I believe. And the title of the article caught my eye because it was the four daily habits of truly happy people. Now, the reason it caught my eye is, number one, the word happy. I'm always interested in happy. And anybody who can give anybody insight or a piece of the puzzle on how to achieve happiness for a lifetime is going to get my attention. 
So thank you, Christine, for that. The second reason why it caught my eye is anytime you see three ways you could do this, two keys to this, four uh, daily habits, that seems manageable, seems doable. If the title of her article was the 62 things you must do every day to be happy, she would have lost my attention quickly and you would have had no interest in reading that article. So I read the article and while there's nothing groundbreaking in the article from my perspective, she brings up some really important points that in the busyness of life, uh, we too oftentimes forget. So I hope that you enjoy and get value out of me sharing these with you. And hey, I'm saving you from reading. (laughs) So that's got to make you happy. Number one, you've got to cultivate a positive mindset. I want you to think about that for a minute. When you've got to cultivate something, it infers that there's going to be effort involved. So this is a really critical point. So while you read that little headline, cultivating a positive mindset, and you go, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And what she talks about in there is that she talks about a researcher and the definition of happiness that says the experience of joy, being content, or a positive well-being combined with the fact that your life is good and meaningful and worthwhile is going to generate this sustainable happiness. Now break that down. Joy, pretty straightforward. Joy is happiness, right? Taking joy in something, whether it's a person, whether it's a moment, whether it's an event, or whether it's something you do. Being content, having a sense of peace in your life. And I'll get into that one more in a moment. Positive well-being, same thing. So you're feeling good about yourself. So think about this. I feel good about who I am at my core. I have a sense of peace about where I am in my life. And I have the ability to take joy in the people around me or the things that I do. And then when I combine those with the realization that life is really good, despite tragedies, despite hardships, despite adversity, let's be honest, anytime we have the opportunity to open our eyes each morning, the first thought that pops into my brain is, life is good. First thing that comes out of my mouth every day is thank you for my day. I just kind of look upwards and I say thank you for my day. Thank you for this opportunity to do good things today. It's not a bad way to start your, your day. So when you have that realization, when you have the realization that your existence here is meaningful, maybe you're not the richest cat in the world. Maybe you're not the richest person in the room. You know, maybe you're not even close. Maybe you're quite the opposite. Maybe you think, I must be the poorest person in the room, but I have a positive impact every day on my children, on my spouse, on my partner, on my mom, you know, on the elderly that I volunteer for, in my community, at my work. That brings meaning into your life. It has nothing to do with money. And that's one of the beautiful things and one of the most important things I want you to get out of this. You've heard the expression, money can't buy happiness. It's a cliche, perhaps, but cliches are cliches for a reason. They're actually true. They're factual, and they've stood the test of time. Money can't buy happiness. Sure makes it easier, though. Certainly allows you to do things that perhaps bring you happiness, bring you joy, or bring joy into other people's lives. 
but it cannot sustain it. You want proof? I want you to think about the next great thing you want to do or you want to buy. Boy, the moment leading up to buying, maybe it's this, maybe it's iPhone 15. This is not one of those. But what is it? What if it's an iPhone 15 and it's just all you want, man? I mean, it's just going to change everything. It's got this camera. It's going to allow me to shoot in 4K video. It's going to allow me, I can make a movie on this thing. I can do so many different things. It's going to uplift my life. I can improve photos. I could do this. I could do that. And more, I conjure up all of the ways that this is going to fulfill me and bring me great joy and happiness. The reality is, in far less than 30 days after the very moment you made this, you acquire this, you acquire whatever it is that you're after, the happiness dissipates. You got to find it inside, not outside. So we've got to cultivate that positive mindset. We have to make a conscious effort. We have to filter out. We've got to be our own filtering mechanism consciously filter out negativity, toxicity. I want to ask you a question right now. Do you have as much time as you would love to have to spend with positive and uplifting people in your life? Do you have as much time as you'd love to have to spend with people that are so near and dear to you, the people you consider precious, the priorities you have in life? I'll bet you to a person, the answer is a resounding no. So why would you give one moment of that precious time that you could spend with a dear friend, a dear family member, that you could spend doing something you truly love? Why would you give one moment over to toxicity or negativity? Sometimes those people are even in in your family. Maybe they're friends. Maybe we're people we've known in our lives for decades. And yes, we support those people. Yes, we love them unconditionally as we should But it doesn't mean that you should be exposing yourself to that negativity or that toxic thinking. You have to take the steering wheel in your hands for cultivating this positive mindset. But it's critical because as she cites in her article, a positive mindset, optimism, is going to fuel happiness. Second thing, reducing stress. You know, I tell people all the time on the business side, one of the key things that you need to do is to eliminate disruptions or distractions. And I'm going to put an asterisk on the disruptions. I'm not meaning positive disruptions. Saying people that interrupt or disrupt your day, or maybe social media disrupts your day. Oh, how about the notifications on your phone? Remember I said people look at this over 100 times a day? Chances are a lot of those are based on a notification. Maybe it's a sound Maybe it's the haptics. Maybe it's just that vibration. Maybe you're one of those people that uses that feature where the light goes off the strobe, but it grabs your attention. It interrupts you. It disrupts you. And sometimes it could disrupt you from having happiness or joy, optimism, hope, motivation, inspiration. Hope, just a minute. Oh, damn. And all of a sudden, that happiness so easily falls out of your brain. Well, the reason why this is key is because all of those things lead to stress. And one of the second thing that she brings up as a daily habit of truly happy people is they consciously focus on stress elimination. Now, you may be sitting there and saying, well, easy for you to say, maybe I've got stress because I've got a loved one you know, who's in distress. Maybe I've got stress because I got a lot of pressure at my job. Maybe I've got stress because of a health condition. I get it. Been there. 
lived it. I understand. But that too is a conscious decision. You know, I used to have uh, the pleasure and the honor of spending time at a Ronald McDonald house in Northern California. If you ever want to get perspective, go do that. Find a Ronald McDonald house, find a children's cancer center, find a children's hospital, go volunteer, you know, somewhere where people are going through truly hard times. Maybe they've got family rent or food insecurities. But I want you to take the time to understand that stress is optional in almost every case. I'm not saying 100%. I didn't say eliminate stress. She said reduce stress. It's just something that people do. And it's so easy to take it on. Sometimes it even feels noble to take it on. That's a sucker bet. Because if you're not at your best, how can you give your best? You can't. Number three, exercising. Just the sheer act of going out and breaking into a sweat. There's a most people don't look forward to exercising. Let's be honest. Even the people that exercise don't look forward to exercising, most of them. That's pretty common. But you know what else is common and predictable? It's how good everybody feels when they finish. How it lifts them up. How it improves their view of themselves. How it makes them feel a little stronger, a little bigger, a little taller, a lot of, a little bit more prepared, better equipped to take on whatever is wanting to punch you in the face that day. Exercise is a critical component of happiness. And doesn't have anything to do, like she says. It's nothing to do. It's not like you have to train for a marathon. It's not like you have to be David Goggins. David Goggins is a man. I mean, he's a unicorn. He's just extraordinary in every way. You're not going to measure up to that in most cases. Simply going out and taking a walk for a mile, running two miles, can give you that. Any form of exercise, especially if, if it gets to the point where it allows you to break a sweat and to really feel like you did something. You know what's crazy? You could do that in 15 to 20 minutes. If you were here right now, you could be doing something in 20 minutes to where you feel fatigued and you're sweating. And you know what else? You're about to get happy as a result of that. So it's so easy. You know, people are so likely to put themselves last. And isn't it interesting, if we truly want to not just pursue happiness, but to achieve happiness and live in happiness, shouldn't we be putting ourselves first? Well, no, David, that'd be wrong. It'd be selfish. You know what? Selfish gets a bad rap. The first half of that word is self, selfish, self-development, right? Self-improvement, self-care. They all start with the same word. Isn't that interesting? Selfish. It's not selfish to take care of yourself. It's not selfish to put yourself in good health. It's not selfish to create the best version of yourself so that you can dedicate yourself to giving your very best to everybody else out there. But if you miss that part, you're also missing out on a key component of happiness. Make sure exercise is part of your daily routine. And last but not least, and this is a big one, socializing. Show me somebody who hasn't socialized in the last month in any form or fashion, and it's never been easier to socialize because you can socialize via text. You could socialize on FaceTime. You could socialize 
you know, over a Zoom call. You could socialize in social media. You could socialize in a lot of different ways. If you do that, by the way, social media could be a weapon. It could be a curse. It could be a tool. It could be something that strengthens your ability to connect with people. Like so many things today in technology, it could be positive or negative. It's up to you. It's our choice. We got to make the conscious decision to leverage it for something good. But at the end of the day, it's never been easier to figure out a way to get social. The optimal way to do it, though, is to see a human face-to-face. We learned during the pandemic, while it was nice to have an option like Zoom so we could still see people and interact with people, yeah, FaceTime was good. It was great to at least see somebody's face. But do you remember the first time, wherever you were during the course of the pandemic, the first time that you went to a gathering in person after that? How did that make you feel? Let me guess. It made you feel pretty happy. The power of being in close proximity with people, the power of being face-to-face, the power of being able to give somebody a hug rather than just say, hey, take care, good to see you on FaceTime. Take the time and make the time, more importantly, to figure out you've got to create these moments. Just like she said, you've got to cultivate a positive mindset. You have to cultivate relationships. What does that mean? Well, you've got to cultivate these opportunities to get together. Go to dinner, go to lunch, have a cup of coffee. Hey, exercise together. Why not? Any form of socialization is going to bring happiness into your life. One caveat, unless you're socializing with toxicity, unless you're socializing with negativity. But that's the critical thing. So I want you to keep these four things in mind because they're actually doable. You could wrap your brain around them. And most importantly, you could inject these into a regimen of happiness. Every day, tomorrow. In fact, why wait? Start today. Today, I want you to work consciously on cultivating a positive mindset. I want you to find joy in things around you. Number two, I want you to actively reduce stress. Say no to things that really don't make you happy. When you have something on your calendar you're really not looking forward to, there's stress. Three, exercise. Go do something, anything. If you did nothing else, but if you go to the mall, go to the furthest parking space in the back. You know what the good news is? Nobody's fighting for that parking space. Go park there and walk. Do something. It'll make you feel great. And it'll bring joy and happiness in your life. And number four, even better. Pull into that parking space to meet somebody else or with somebody else. So you have the opportunity to get that true joy and happiness that we all get from being around people that are uplifting, people that we care about, people that we want to help, people that add happiness to our life. I hope this has brought some form of happiness, optimism, hope, inspiration, or motivation into your life. I want to Thank you for taking the time to listen. Feel free. In fact, I'd encourage you and thank you for sharing it out with somebody. If you'd leave any kind of a comment or review feedback, thank you for that as well. And as always, if you'd be so kind as to subscribe or download, I would really appreciate. In fact, I dare say that would bring me some happiness. (laughs) So thank you for taking the time to join. I'll see you next time. 
been listening to The David Spizak Show. If you haven't yet, please click the subscribe button and leave a rating wherever you're listening right now. I look forward to having you back in the room where it happens. Oh,